Okay, and we have the news. As it is this time of year, we had Anime Expo, which is the largest anime convention in the world. By all reports, much, much yeah. better than last year. I didn't go, but that's all I'm hearing. What we talked about a lot, I think, was that they just were messing up a lot. This year, because of just the environment of the anime industry and things like that, there was actually quite a lot of news in Anime Expo and kind of around it. And last news segment was all the bad news. This is probably mostly good news. Mostly, yeah. Everybody has to uh, bear with me. There is so much news to talk about, and I've spent such a long time trying to organize this stuff that it is still kind of scattered. So if we go jumping around from one bit to another, that's just because there's just kind of a lot to get to. I guess we should sort of cover the first... I guess, bombshell of the convention. Funimation is kind of the savior of the anime industry? Apparently so. Maybe it's a, it yeah. might end up being a Mazen Kaiser sort of god or devil savior or destroyer <laughs> sort of thing. It remains to be seen. Right now we're leaning towards savior. Yeah, what I'm talking about is, uh, if you remember some months and months back, we talked about how Ganeon was going out of business and that we weren't exactly sure what was going to happen with all of those titles that they had announced and that were kind of up in the air about. And specifically, we're talking about Black Lagoon, Kigurashi, and Sayun Koku. Apparently, Funimation is going to distribute select Ganeon titles, and that includes Black Lagoon, Black Lagoon Second Raid, and... Uh, Second Barrage. Second Barrage, second yeah, not Second Raid. Second Raid is Full Metal yeah. Panic. Higurashi, which I think was only like one or two discs in when they went under. Shonen Omiyoji, uh, Rosen Maiden, Paradise Kiss, things like lots that. Lots and lots of their shows, many of which yeah. I didn't think they would bother to pick up, especially Sion Koku. Yeah, Sion Koku was, I think, the one that everybody was, Very surprised was over. pretty sure that they would never pick up again. Yeah, I thought that was dead. Yeah. Rest assured, Helsing Ultimate Volume 4, it's coming. Yep. yep. These have even been scheduled. In fact, August 19th, is there's a release date for, it's just labeled as Black Lagoon Season 1. So I guess the assumption is that they're just going to kind of package these things together and just release them as sets. A bunch of them are getting box sets, like Paradise Kiss is all out, so it's going to be a box. Um, they're going to do, mm-hmm. I guess, volumes 1 through 4 of Higurashi all together, I think they said. So, yeah, a bunch of stuff is just getting box releases. I know they announced an Oron box, even though that was one that they licensed. That's a Funimation show. That's not actually uh, Genion. I'm just saying there's a lot of stuff that they announced that's getting box releases. I don't yeah. know if all of them are getting single discs I first, think that's actually but... a good sign. I'm glad to see that the anime studios are starting to realize, okay, we got to start releasing things 13 episodes at a time, 9 episodes yeah. at a time. Yeah. Because That seems to be a big trend this year. We haven't actually seen a lot of these releases yet, but it's a lot of announcements of seven or eight episodes a disc. I think what really such. opened the floodgates for that was that everyone saw that Naruto sold well in the box sets. It sells very well, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. And that's the way to sell a show like Naruto, because it's so obscenely long. And so now but a lot of this is also shorter shows, too. Like, I think, too, Terra. Right, shorter shows the that TV might series. seem like they're less popular, like... Mm-hmm. Victorian Romance Emma, they're doing like 13 episodes yeah. of Ricks. Funimation did Aquarion, the yeah. crazy gas Kawamori robot show. Or you've got like, like Bandai that, and stuff that they're doing, stuff like Gurren Logan or... Yeah, Gurren Logan yeah. that just came out, that's like two nine Terra, episodes which is, sub only. Yeah, it's the, the smaller soundtrack. sets, it's like nine episodes instead of 13 or whatever. This is really good because I think that the general public in America is used to buying TV series yeah. more than four episodes at a time. Yeah. But so. here's the other thing. Here's why I said God or Destroyer. If you look at a lot of these dates to catch up with things, they're either reissuing or issuing the new volume of things all simultaneously. Like, okay, this was out of print, so now we're going to reissue all six volumes on the same day. And so what is this going to mean as far as retailers are concerned? Is it going to be flooding the market again? Because normally that would be spaced out over the span of a year for, you know, these six. Mm. And that's just one title. For Higurashi, for example, that's three volumes all on the same day. Are they actually separate volumes or were those denoting like boxes? I was kind of confused. Separate discs. It's resolicitations of previous Genion discs that existed. 
because they ended on disk three, there's no point in having disk four out and just disk four if no one can find one through three anymore because right. the right stuff sales cleared everything out. We have to reissue right. one through three. This is smart. But it also means get ready for 10 volumes worth of Kill Karamao all at once on the same right. day. You know, that's basically what's going to end up happening. And we mentioned one of the problems in the anime industry was just way too much stuff coming out. This is good that they saved these titles, and it's good that they're reissuing these titles, but I'm not yeah. sure how it's going to translate to you go to the store, what's going to be there? Is it going to be just a billion things? I think it's going to be the uh, short-term shock, right. and that's about it. Maybe they're thinking that after this stuff got lost, a lot of fans don't want to wait a long time. They don't want to have to wait for these volumes that were already done to come out really spaced out before they get new stuff. So they're just trying to get all that stuff out of the way so they can get to the new releases so the fans don't, I guess, forget about yeah. the shows or whatever, or just go download it instead of waiting. At the same time, even at that, they picked up some huge amount of titles from Genion, yeah. and uh, plus there's their own stuff, and then there's right, more right. where that came from in the other news. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, but it seems like they're trying to release as much as they can as series boxes that are not completed, so yeah. is what it should be. And if that wasn't enough news from Funimation, apparently Funimation went and they picked up 30 former AD Vision titles. I'm not going to read this list to you, but it's... it's basically all of the titles that they released once they had that Sojits deal that we talked yeah. about. Pretty much every single thing is on there, including stuff like the Giver, which ADV paid for to have made... Now yes. Funimation has the rights to that. And I guess that's just whatever the details of this whole Sojits arm thing were, right. it, it fell apart. And now at least someone's got the rights to these shows. They're not lost. They're not gone. Yeah. yeah. And what's interesting on this list and what caught my eye is Funimation also picked up Sergeant Carrero, first and second. Right. So first and second season of that. So, And I thought that that was just kind Maybe of Maybe they'll actually do something with it, unlike ADB. Well, they do have Would the, be nice. the Funimation channel, but no one I know has ever seen that. I mean, we've seen... Uh -huh. I mean, even the yeah. Anime Network, barely anybody has that. We've actually got it in Orlando. Yeah, I used to but, have Anime Network, but I don't think we have Funimation channel at all. We do have Anime Network, but I don't know anyone who watches it because their scheduling is very... Weird. Annoying. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I never really. Everything was dubbed. They only had like a few yes. shows. And shows you've never seen before, episodes six and seven. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Weird stuff like that. And also on this list is uh, Devil May Cry, which, uh, as we know, they released that first disc with. Um, first two with volumes, with, yeah. actually. First I, two volumes with. Uh, and they've released that first disc with Devil May Cry for the four, game. Was it? That's right. right. I think that is going to be popular. I want to yeah. say, you know, you'd think automatically, okay, Devil May Cry, popular video game, it's an action-based kind of show, it's okay. Even you though they gave Dante a lolly. She's barely in the show, thankfully. But the thing is, is that that's the kind of show that tends to do well here. We like anime fans in America, they like action more than they like comedy. Big titles are always things like Naruto, they're always things like Black Lagoon. I don't think Japan really cared that much about Black Lagoon to, compared to how we care about Black Lagoon, to be honest. Yeah, I believe they did actually like it a lot more than I thought they did from what I've seen, but yeah, I think that Black Lagoon is very much an American title. Just because yeah. so least, much of it yeah. is built around American sort of action movie conventions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you know what I mean? So that makes yeah. sense, but just... As a general trend, the action-type stuff tends to do the best here, and a lot of that stuff that ADV had gotten, like, I don't really like their Giver TV series. When I think of the Giver, I think of something really violent, and this isn't violent enough because of being a TV show or whatever. But it's good that a lot of these shows are rescued, especially 0091. I will not hear these uh, internet comments talking about how bad that show is because it was awesome. <laughs> Also, just on the side as well, Bandai announced that they had acquired uh, 5 centimeters per second, yeah. which I guess originally was an ADV title as well. Right. So that's really good that that stuff has been acquired. By the way, did either of you guys watch the full video of ADV's panel at Anime Expo? I, uh, no. I watched a good bit of the video. For those of you who don't know, Anime News Network has launched a, a video service that actually looks really good. Um, yes. We've talked about this before. Gerald likes to go to the panels at conventions because when you read the con report, a lot of times the person who writes up the report 
may neglect to mention something that is important to people like yeah. us, but maybe not to everybody else. And so the only way you'd get the full scoop is to be there. Well, now they've actually got it set up where they are videotaping the panels and then having the video on the Anime News Network website. Check that out. It's actually pretty neat. If you yeah. didn't go to Anime Expo like we didn't and you want to see how some of these announcements were made, you can actually see it happening. They've actually been doing that for a while. I think they were doing that last year at Otakon. But what's interesting is that because of the situation ADV is in, the panel itself was actually very interesting, aside from like the report. John Ledford was holding the panel, and as far as I understand, Ledford doesn't do panels very much. He's the business guy. They talked about Sojits and how things kind of were falling apart pretty quickly with Sojits. Right from the beginning, it, the thing just wasn't going very well. And in relation to what was going on with Funimation, someone in the audience just asked them, did you lose those titles that Funimation picked up? And they said, we didn't lose them, Sojits just took them with them. I guess that's kind of the business relationship that happened there. Right. It's a very interesting video if you're kind of interested in seeing what happened with ADV. On the subject of ADV... They said that they've got another partner that they've acquired or hooked up with. I guess how it works now with a lot of these companies is that to get those inroads into Japan to uh, license those titles, you really need a large Japanese company that's got enough money to throw at them. Oh, yes, even on the manga front. Yeah. As we know, a lot of American anime companies have got friends or they're even subsidiaries of larger Japanese companies. And in saying that, they said they were in negotiation for 23 titles. That's a lot. So, that is a lot. That might be too much, but yeah. I'm wondering what these 23 titles are. Are they going to be like re-getting the rights to older things that the rights have lapsed? Are they going to be just new things over the years that people have yeah. skipped out on? Because, I mean, we, I've been talking about, like, oh, wow, how could nobody have licensed Bacano at this right. point? That show seems made yeah. to be sold here. It didn't really do well in Japan. It's got this sort of style to it and storyline and narrative and setting that seems like it would go over well here, yet no one's picked it up. There's a good bit of titles like that. Maybe these 23 titles are from that. We have no idea. I hope that Otakon is kind of the time when they be a little more forthcoming with some of those things. Right. But who knows? I give them credit. John Ledford didn't bullshit anybody. He just basically sat down and he was very forthcoming about it. He basically said, yeah, this year sucked. This is what happened. This is how it is. We're going to say a whole lot more at Otakon. I'm, I'm very glad that they're doing this now because it beats the previous status quo of it's a secret. Can I either confirm or deny, etc., etc. I think it would be so ridiculous for them to say, uh, no, this year was great. Yeah. So, like they always say. Yeah, I mean, nobody would buy it. It's interesting, because, I mean, as we always talked about, John Ledford is kind of the business guy, and he certainly came across as that. So, yeah, I guess we'll hear more at Otakon as to what these titles are, if maybe they're investing in a bunch of stuff, like co-producing stuff again, if they even have the money for that. Hmm. Who knows? Maybe they made so much money off of Air and Clannad and Canone or whatever that, I don't know, Clearly. that's the route that ADV is going to go under from now on. Hey, you've seen how those Sister Princess fanboys storm the Off stage whenever... the shelf, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The second disc of Lucky Star Special Edition, the t-shirt is a swimsuit. Ugh. Oh. Wear it to your local anime club meeting and everyone... Well, actually, don't even wear it to the anime club meeting. Wear it to work. And everybody yes. knows how serious you are. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of know this already news, but Bandai Visual, as we know, rightfully came to an end. They were absorbed into Bandai Entertainment, and they're no longer Bandai Visual USA. They're another part of Bandai Entertainment, and they're just going to be called Oniamis. The line was always called Oniamis. It was always the label. It was always the label, but now I guess the Bandai Visual USA label is gone. Right, I mean... And I guess being part of Bandai Entertainment doesn't change things a whole lot, at least not yet. But I heard that there's some weird things, like they're not selling Gunbuster anymore. Or something, and there's like some titles that are just not going to be sold anymore. The gist of what I saw, what, what Gerald's describing here, is that even though Bandai Visual has been folded into Bandai Entertainment, very little seems to have changed as far as those titles that Bandai Visual released. We're, we're seeing that, yeah. okay, we're still going to sell these titles, and they're still going to cost pretty much the same ridiculous price that they always cost before. So except they didn't now, actually learn anything. It would seem that way but then and additionally what clarissa mentioned they're not selling gunbuster anymore 
for whatever reason, I don't know, Gunbuster 2 is still $40 for two episodes. How many people are going to buy Gunbuster 2 now that there's no Gunbuster 1 to buy at all? Nobody bought it even when there was Gunbuster 1, because, oh, I have to watch this $60 set first. And now there's just part two to something for which you cannot get part one up. Even though apparently you don't really have to watch Gunbuster? You do not, but it's a failure in their marketing that they did not convey that. Again, the original title of that anime is Die Buster. They changed it to Gunbuster 2. They failed to tell everyone, hey, did you like Ava? Did you like Fruity Cooley? Did you like Garen Lagan? Et cetera, et cetera. Watch this cartoon. None of that is there. It's basically... Did you like Gunbuster? The amount of people whose hands will be raised, even at Anime Expo, of people who like Gunbuster compared to the total amount of people there, is very small. And then uh, you might like Gunbuster 2. Guess what? A lot of people who like Gunbuster don't like Gunbuster 2 because they like Gunbuster. And we're expecting more Gunbuster. Very different throws, yeah. I don't really know what to make of this decision. I was kind of hoping that it would mean that, oh... We're going to do more Bandai Entertainment style releases of these things where it's not two episodes a disc, where it's yeah. not forty, eighty dollar sets, you know, that sort of thing. Apparently. Yeah, because not. I mean like they got that Galaxy Angel series and it's like, all right, Galaxy Angel is a fun series, but who wants to buy it at two episodes a disc for what, thirty something dollars? Yeah, Bandai Entertainment released the previous 50. Galaxy <laughs> Angel series, and those are fairly affordable sets now, especially now that they're available in bricks. But yeah. then for mm-hmm. the newest one that Bandai Visual put out, that is still at the Bandai Visual price. Maybe it's as they get closer to releasing these things, they're going to remedy that. But again, you can watch this video. People say, okay, so does that mean that Freedom on HD DVD is still going to come yes. out? Yes. Sort of thing. Uh. As an example of their pricing, uh, the Freedom box, they're going to be releasing that on Blu-ray as well in a box set. And in Japan, it's going to be $187. And they say, that's too much money. So let's release it in North America for $140. Oh, God. Which is still too much too money. Much money. Note that, let's say you bought all of Freedom, whatever reason possessed you to do this. Mm-hmm. The final volume of Freedom individual was not released. If you want that final volume, you must buy their box set. So yeah. even if you bought all the individual ones, you have to rebuy... All the stuff you bought? Wow. Yeah. Yes. Wow. What the fuck? Freedom is also going to be coming to regular DVD as two volumes in a box set, but it will not be under the Oniamis label. It will be sold under standard cost of Bandai Entertainment. Oniamis, I guess, is going to be their... Eventually, it might become their Blu-ray oh, line yeah, or something. maybe? Huh. I don't know. I do not want Bandai Visual or Oniamis to drag down Bandai Entertainment. Yeah, I really yeah. just want Oniamis as a label to exist as sort of the equivalent of like Criterion Collection. Something to right. say, like, this is a big deal sort yeah. of thing. Like, I'm fine with, okay, here's Royal Space Force The Wings Oniamis having this label as a prestige thing. Here's Pat Labor yeah. The Movie. Things that are kind of like critically acclaimed things that may not necessarily mm-hmm. be the most popular or commercially viable right or like viz has like their signature line viz signature you've seen that sort of thing i like the idea of oniamis existing for that i don't like the idea of oniamis existing as the we're going to rape you on the pricing scheme and overcharge you for things that are just ordinary tv shows that aren't in the grand scheme of things things that have withstood the test of time or are great critical masterpiece type titles i kind of would like to watch uh, super robot wars yeah. and just don't want to bend 50 bucks for super robot wars per disc for eight discs but yeah i also hope that they don't cause any problems for regular bandai entertainment because bandai entertainment's doing good stuff you know they've got some cool things coming out and they're doing good so which speaking yeah. of which i mean maybe wasn't there some other announcements for that for like gundam double o Sci-Fi Channel is going to broadcast Gundam 00. And Along it's, with uh, Gurren Lagann. Yeah, yeah Gurren Lagann and Gundam 00 are both going to air on the Sci-Fi Channel. And what interested me the most about Gundam 00 is they're going to do two episodes back-to-back each week, which is a better deal than the way that Gundam Seed was broadcast on the Cartoon Network. I mean, it's not the optimal once-every-week-night, but Sci-Fi Channel, is they're trying to sort of bring back dedicated sort of anime block. It's called Anime right. Mondays. These commercials are terrible. 
mm-hmm. sci-fi channel is largely unwatchable at this point, but they are going to have like this block where you'll have this one hour's worth of Gundam 00 yeah. and then Guren Lagan as well and right. you know various other things. And I, I like that idea because Gundam 00 is the kind of show where Gundam's never been the hit that Bandai's wanted it to be. This is no secret. Mm-hmm. You can do a whole show as to why that is. Yeah. Yep. We probably have if you combine all the times that we've I would imagine talked about so, it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting subject. So. But, you know, a big reason it does help that if you have more than one episode instead of one episode a week for something yeah. like that. I think that does Although, help. you know what? I'm almost certain it's going to fail. Because what was the last well-dubbed Gundam show? It's what probably going to be um, dubbed watched, by Ocean Group. I watched yeah. the uh, dub preview uh, that they put up online. If you look around, uh, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. It was alright. I don't know, it didn't seem terrible, but it didn't seem amazing either. It's kind of hard to tell just from a short preview. That's kind of what Ocean Group's raison d'etre is. Yeah, is I'm, a, I'm a little worried. Apparently mediocrity. the guy playing Lock-On is a new person. Don't know how that's going to work out. But otherwise, I don't know, it might be all right. Yeah, the guy playing Lock-On, and he's only done one other role before this. It's probably better than the Code Geass dub, because it doesn't star Johnny Young Bosch. I'm generally very positive about these things, but I still think it was going to fail, because I don't know anybody who watches Sci-Fi Channel or their Monday block. Yeah. yeah. I know a well, lot of anime fans, I wonder and not if a single a lot of person I know. people just don't know that they run anime, and I mean, no... Anime News Network and some other places have been running, like, advertisements and things about Sci-Fi Channel running Gundam Lagan and Gundam 00, and I've seen some other places talking about it, so maybe it'll get more attention, because I know I didn't know until fairly recently that Sci-Fi Channel was even running anime anymore. Mm. They've been doing it for a while. I think really what it is that the TV viewing audience for anime is largely watching Cartoon Network, and that's it. And they don't advertise on Cartoon Network. Yeah, so. I don't know how... You can't really buy ads for, on the Cartoon Network if you're the Sci-Fi Channel, owned by different people, and they view it as competition, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et yeah. But maybe what they could do is buy the local advertising blocks that are on Cartoon Network at that time. That would require effort and forethought and planning, and the Sci-Fi Channel is being run by crazy people at the moment, yeah. and by at the moment I mean for the last half decade at least, and so I don't know how anyone's going to find out. I mean, we've seen other anime blocks like Tech TV, maybe it wasn't Tech, Tech TV. Tech TV had a block, and then I think when they folded into G4, G4 over. had a block, and then now it's not there anymore. Right. Nobody watched this, even though they were running some pretty good stuff. Nobody knew about it, and yeah. so I really think that as far as anime on TV, Cartoon Network's kind of the only place to be. And the Cartoon Network, to be honest, doesn't want to show anime anymore. Their new management doesn't like it. Clearly. So anime doesn't have much of a home on TV, so I hope it works on sci-fi. Yeah, I hope so too. I, I hope Gundam 00 mm-hmm. will do well. I mean, I think it's a good show. So. Listen to the episode of Destroy All Podcast DX, where Andrew... And Clarissa, spoil all of Gundam 00. <laughs> yeah, no, don't listen it. to it if don't you haven't Don't listen if you it. haven't seen Gundam 00. <laughs> hmm. no. Scene for scene, moment That's for moment. That's how Andrew yeah. operates. That's how he what, does. What else do we got in other news? It was kind of big news what happened on the, the manga side of things. For those of you who don't know, in Japan there are three major publishers for pretty much all manga. There's other publishers too, but there's three giants that kind of control most all the big, big hits. Shogakukan, Shueisha, and Kodansha. Both Shogakukan and Shueisha kind of co-own Viz. So right. Viz gets the rights to all mm-hmm. the biggest stuff, the Naruto's, the Bleach's. The- yeah, that's how they have their sweet Shonen Jump deal. All yeah. that stuff. Yeah. They just get that automatically. No one even has a shot at picking it up because it's theirs. Which sucks for everybody who isn't Viz. Right. Kodansha yeah. was the third big group, and they had a working relationship with Del Rey Publishing, which is a big publisher here right. in America. They mainly publish regular books, but they also... Sci-fi, usually, and stuff. Yeah, they also publish manga as well, like Genshiken and Mushishi. A lot of the clamp couple, stuff. Yeah, a lot of yeah. the clamp things. Yeah. They kind of got that hold on all the clamp stuff, right? Yeah, Tokyo uh-huh. Pop used to put out a lot of the clamp stuff, but then it moved to Delray. But and then that left right. Tokyo Pop with they couldn't get stuff from Shogakukan, they couldn't get stuff from Shueisha, they couldn't get stuff from Kodansha. That didn't leave very much left. Well, right. now Kodansha is going to start publishing stuff in the US directly 
more or less, which means that Dallas Middaw is probably out of a job. But they've stated that the existing titles that Delray has got are not affected by this, which may be true, but what about the new stuff that's coming out? I mean, okay, right. sure, Delray's got Genshin and all of that, but Kodansha is a well, massive, Genshin's massive finished. giant. But they've still got, like, Holic and Tsubasa, which right, are going to be big sellers. which are big, big sellers, deal titles, so. and it'll still do well for them. But once those run out, right. where are they going to go? They're going to be in roughly the same shape as Tokyo Pop because they mm. can't get stuff from Shueisha or Shogakukan. Yeah. And Kodansha is going to keep all their biggest titles for themselves. I guess it depends mm-hmm. on how well Kodansha's efforts do. I mean, if it turns out like how when Toei tried to release their own stuff on DVD here going to be awful. <laughs> then Delray might not have to worry too much. On the other hand, though, they've got a very easy model to go off of, which is just $10 for, you yeah. know, 12 chapters. But who knows whether or not, where are they going to get the people to do the English translation? So they're going to be people in the Kodansha office over oh, in God. Japan? Uh, who are they, who's going to edit this stuff? You know, that's the make or break as far yeah, as it is. being a successful manga publisher here in America. Yeah. I mean, even Dark Horse, which isn't really tied to any one of these major publishers, they still have decent working relationships with, like, Koike Shoin and stuff like that that publish, like, these crazy little titles here and there. Dark Horse has kind of got an interesting uh, position, right, because though, because Dark Horse... because they're and they're doing fairly well. The, not only that, but, I mean, in terms of the stuff they publish, like, they will publish the darkest, most violent material. They're the only people who actually are kind of got some sort of seinen line. I mean, Viz Signature is the closest equivalent, but Dark Horse, like, no one else is even going to consider what Dark Horse is releasing. I mean, who else would release MPD Psycho? Most of the other seinen stuff that gets put out here, like, isn't qualified as seinen, or it's the kind of seinen that it's easy for people to confuse with shonen or shoujo, stuff like Azamanga Daio or Holic. right. And so that's kind of the position they're in. So, I mean, the manga industry in America right now is largely Viz, Kodansha now, and then everyone else is just going to have to fight for the scraps. And whenever they do these announcements that, oh, manga sales are up, well, that might just mean Naruto sales are up. But guess what? If (laughs) one company owns it all, or owns two-thirds of it, I should say, Mm -hmm. then that's fine and dandy for them. It's very interesting that that's happening as well, because it's a very strange time for it to be happening. Yeah. It seems like they missed the real boat for it, right. I suppose, by about two years. So Maybe that's the Japanese business model in general, is missing the boat by about two years. <laughs> yeah, they really should have come in like right around when Del Rey started doing yeah. their stuff. And well, so. of course, when Del Rey started doing their stuff, they were figuring, oh, Del Rey's a big group, we can give them yeah. some of these manga things. And then they realize that, oh, Delray is actually selling really well for our stuff, right. so we'll do it ourselves. Right. It's interesting, though, because uh, it gets so concentrated, it kind of makes for sticky issues when you have things like uh, where Viz has been known to have you know, some editing going on. With yeah, them, we'll talk about that a lot in a minute. Their, especially a lot of their like Shonen Jump titles and all. It's kind of rough then when they control so much of it and that sort of thing is going on. Yeah, if that starts to happen, then that's going to hurt as well, because I know a lot of people who won't buy a lot of Viz titles because they don't know if it's edited or not because yeah. of this history they have had. I've done editing. it, yeah. I don't want to buy a lot of their stuff because I don't know. We mentioned it for Shield 21, yeah. and we'll mention it again in this show. So, yeah, it's a very real concern that you yeah. bring up. Whenever I see things under, like, say, the Shonen Jump Advanced label, right. it's like, Hmm, I don't know if this has changed or not. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I try and check online to see if people, because usually people will post about it, but... If it's not that popular? I haven't really found a good place. I mean, I know Anime on DVD will have stuff about it, but it doesn't seem to be very centralized. It's basically... You find a person's blog who happened to do it. Yeah, I really wish somebody would set up a more centralized thing that would track for the stuff that's coming out so you could very easily go to it and see is this edited if maybe anime news network would start adding something about whether something is edited or not to the info 
yeah. on their series. I remember That'd be years awesome ago, if they did. Kyle Pope, a guy from Usenet, used to always post, this is what was edited from the TV broadcast of so-and-so show, but I don't right. think that happens anymore. Maybe people don't know this, but even the Full Metal Alchemist manga has been edited in places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fortunately, the fans of that are crazy, and they'll find that, but... But like not so crazy fans of smaller stuff. Not, yeah, not who knows. So lucky. On that subject, kind of uh, tangentially, uh, Anime Expo, the CMX manga had a little thing there, and and CMX, of course, has been infamous for doing significant amounts of editing to a lot yeah. of their titles. Even though they have yeah. been doing pretty good work lately, people still know them as. The manga company owned by DC that edits stuff. But I can't hate them because they're, like, one of the few people bringing out any 70s shoujo manga. Right. Yeah, and the thing is that uh, they released uh, a manga, we talked about this before, Tenjo Tenge. And the one thing that you would buy this for, well, one of the, like, top three reasons is the fact that this is done by a guy called O'Great, who is known for There is for only drawing. one reason to buy Tenjo Tenge, and that is tits and either rape or No, no, the rape. second reason is ass. No, this is- uh, all right. There's all count as one reason, but... <laughs> yeah, well, anyway. But, yeah, they actually mentioned that specifically in their panel, and they said that they asked if they were going to re-release Tenjo Tenge uncut, and they said there are no plans for it, so that entire line is edited, and that they learned from this, and that they are more careful about keeping content unedited. They say they will choose to apply a age rating, or I guess, you know, seal it or whatever, right. rather than... Edit it outright, that's which good. I would very much rather have them do that than edit it. Right, I mean, yeah. this is a company that's owned by DC Comics who has a line called Vertigo that is the line they use for selling right. the yeah. comics or the graphic novels or whatever it is that people want to yeah. pull these things up of that has content in them that is maybe not entirely age-appropriate for everyone. And so right. they know to shrink-wrap these things when you go in the store... Okay, maybe you right. run the risk of somebody breaking off the shrink wrap, but that's not your fault, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, the thing right. is that, like, as much as I hate the fact that Viz performs edits to their Shonen Jump and Shonen Jump Advanced titles and some of their Shoujo Beat titles, I can kind of understand why they do it, because, I mean, when they're publishing, like, Shonen Jump Magazine and Shoujo Beat Magazine... Those are magazines that are specifically marketed a lot to younger readers and parents are buying the stuff for their kids. And they don't want to have to deal with the hassle of some parent deciding to sue them because, you know, their kid saw a nipple. It's dumb and I hate it, but I can understand why they're doing it. But CMX, like, doesn't really seem to be in that same kind of position. Right. Their titles are not things that your typical nine-year-old kid is picking up anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know outside of Tenjo Tenge what was edited, and I guess it stood out because there is so much nudity in I that. I haven't really heard offhand about anything other than Tenjo Tenge. So. Right, it, it seems like it might even be just one or two things that just sort of gave them the mark of the beast. Yeah. I think that they released Air Gear, which is another work by Great, and I believe that was unedited. That right. one is, it starts off tamer, but I think it reaches roughly the same level as it goes on. Mm-hmm. I know that the TV show has got a lot of nudity, which you'd think you wouldn't see much nudity on in anime today, but there's a lot of nudity in that show. One thing that, that stood out to me, uh, Right Stuff held a panel. To me, it kind of blew my mind, because I didn't think that you would ever see this again. But uh, Right Stuff is relicensing the original Toward the Terra movie. Right, I reviewed that in a previous right. episode when I uh, yes. talked about this uh, manga series as well as this movie we mentioned it was one of the earliest things that they picked up along with Astro Boy and one of the reasons Right Stuff was founded was to distribute these tapes because they couldn't sell video cassettes to people in this era where you could only just rent things out and so that's kind of why the Right Stuff store came into existence was so they could directly sell Astro Boy to people Toward the Terror was another one of these things that they had gotten the rights to. It's a cool movie. I mean, a lot of people seem to have been checking out the recent remake that we uh, mentioned as well. Yeah. Also called Toward the Terror. It seems to be fairly popular over here. I mean, I don't know. It did get licensed. It is coming out here. So I think maybe some people are seeing that it can work, that it can maybe find an audience. Yeah. I've seen it getting some attention around fandom. I mean... One of the things is that they did change the character designs a lot in modernizing it, but it's mm. still very faithful to the original. 
one of the main criticisms about the movie, if you go back and listen to my episode where I reviewed it, is that everything is very condensed. The whole story right. is told in the span of this one film. And the TV series expands out on this. It has some storylines that weren't in the original source material to kind of flesh things out. I think it works. But I do think it would be good to go back and listen to that. If it sounds interesting when you listen to my review, bear in mind that it's coming out on DVD soon and it's not going to be an impossible thing to find anymore the way it right. was when I did that review. I doubt that it's going to stick around for very long. I doubt it, too. Uh, I saw that movie. I like it a lot. I know that Rob Fenelon, that's like one of his favorite movies ever. We interviewed Rob Fenelon. I didn't expect that ever to get relicensed. I thought that that would just stay forever gone. Yeah. I credit my review <laughs> and then my issue two of Otaku USA mini oh. review of it as well. And then there will be another. Is that like? Clearly, can I claim credit for Ofuri then? Yes. Awesome. We, are, we already Obviously. did when we announced it in the previous news segment. <laughs> we claimed credit right then. Yeah, and then. yeah. I'm gonna claim credit for uh, fan sub of Black Lion. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Now A I dual feel audio fan sub. <laughs> I guess, as a side note, they also licensed a show called Gakuin Alice, and in kind of the right stuff fashion, they're going to release that entire TV show, I believe it was 26 episodes, in a single DVD box set. Woohoo! So Probably a good idea, because for some reason, shoujo anime does not do very well. Have any of you seen any of that? I've only seen the very beginning of it. I was curious, but I ended up not really watching any farther. I know some people that are really big fans of it, though. I saw a few episodes of it, and it looks like, you know, a sweet show. Yeah, I think so. it's just one of those things where it's hard to sell to people if it's not an action show because yeah. it's very girly. Like, that's the other thing about Sayun Koku, which is more embarrassing, buying the Sayun Koku DVD, which is super bright pink and ultra girly, or buying, yeah. like, the Welcome to the NHK ADV with, like, the... <laughs> cheesecake softcore porno it's like right. which am i more ashamed of to walk up to the register <laughs> with that's the eternal question and so i think <laughs> things like the girly shows like gaku and alice and such work better being sold online only or just being sold in one quick set because i think a lot of the fan base for it is not really the casual anime fan who's going to pick up and make something like right. afro samurai one of the top selling dvds the last year they're not even going right. to touch this sort of thing with a 10-foot pole. The only people yeah. who are really watching the shoujo, girlier, you know, even moe-type stuff are people who are, by and large, internet, fan-sub-watching, community-type people. And right. so, And they're doing good releases. I mean, I'm really excited to get my Marimite box sets because they did a great job with Emma. And it's really nice because a lot of times when some of these lower-profile shows get put out... They'll just put out, like, a really bare-bones release, which is understandable if they don't think they're going to make a lot of money on it, but it's a little disappointing. Even though it's nice to get it out regardless, sometimes it's kind of like, oh, well, I got this, and there's no inserts, there's no nothing. It's just kind of like they slapped it out, but they seem to be putting some attention and care even into these smaller shows, which is nice. And going on with what Daryl said... I totally agree that it's good that it's being done this way, but it's kind of unfortunate in that Gakuin Alice, I guess, is not going to ever reach its intended audience. Because mm. I guess its intended audience is like 10-year-old girls. Yeah, I mean, it's a shoujo series. Then again, I guess, what anime is our 10-year-old girls watching? I don't really know. Yeah, well, so. no, because they're too busy making them all watch Bratz, Bratz so they can that's right. grow up to waste that's their right. lives. Yeah. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Oh, now God. that song. Let's just play the song. No. No, no. It's the worst part of having to go see Wally is you have to watch that trailer. Oh. <laughs> Moving on with Anime Expo stuff. I guess, uh, you know, we talked about Funimation a lot. Funimation also had a panel there. Funimation is apparently going to partner up with a non shysty website to show their stuff streaming, YouTube, and Perhaps show episodes of, of like Blue Gender, Slayers, Peach Girl, things like that. Less shitty than, I guess, partnering up with. Crunchyroll? Right. Mm. I wonder if they're going to pick up Slayer's Revolution, which just started. And for those of you who haven't seen it, it's more Slayers, which is all anyone who yeah. likes Slayers would ever really want. 
I saw the opening to that, and it was really weird because it felt like a total flashback. Because even the they song went out that of their play, way to make it seem yes. animated, just right. like all the '90s shows. The Megumi Hayashibara songs are very '90s yes. style anime openings. Yep. Even the eye catches are like this is the same song from Slayer's Next. All that yeah. stuff. You can tell they they went out of their way to like say, okay, the people who like Slayers just want. More Slayers. We don't need to do like the yeah. Tenchi GXP or Sasami Magical Girl Club or whatever that new thing is. Yeah. Right. It's just, and now more. And that's it. I'm not a Slayers fan, but I think that that's exactly what they should have done. Yeah. So, it's a good so, move. Yeah. yeah. So Funimation is going to be showing things of original Slayers and other things that they own. I imagine that they probably don't need to put the super popular things up on there. Like, I doubt that YouTube really needs the official Dragon Ball Z <laughs> codes. I'm sure yeah. you can get Dragon right. Ball Z quite fine on your own on YouTube at this point. But <laughs> I, am, I don't know. What, what's going to happen to all, like, the fan-made CG Adobe Premiere live action This Is Me Turning Super Saiyan videos? <laughs> Are they going to be taken Man. down for copyright violation now because of Funimation? I hope not. No, that's like those are the most entertaining bad parts enough, of the internet. The Nico so. Nico Doga. I know. I was just down. about to say I'm so depressed about Nico Nico. We should probably explain, I guess, for people. Yeah, I've actually got that here as well. Oh, all right. um, Nico Nico Doga. For those of you who don't know, anime fans in Japan, Nico Nico Doga is kind of like their YouTube. Yeah. Basically, it's not nearly as big as YouTube. Nico Nico Doga is a place where a lot of anime memes have come from. Yeah, it's basically another creation from the most dangerous man in Japan, Mr. Yeah. What is it? Hiroyuki Nishimura, the creator of 2chan, the creator of Nico Nico Doga, the author yeah. of How to Goodbye Depression If You Constrict Anus 100 Times Every Day, <laughs> Malarkey yep. or Effective Way. Originally, this was a website where a lot of, I would say, pretty creative anime things yeah. were being done. And isn't there actually anime that's just now airing on Nico Nico? Like, it doesn't even air on television, like Penguin Musume Heart? Penguin Musume Heart was aired only on Nico Nico Doga, and now they're going to air it on television with the comments that appeared on <laughs> Nico Nico Doga. Yeah, for people um, so... on YouTube or most other sites here, when you post comments, it, like, appears under the video, but on Nico Nico, there's, like, a feature where when users post comments, the comments actually scroll across the screen of the video while so it's, it's like a running it's like a running commentary basically <laughs> non-stop japanese yeah. stuff is flying across as you're watching right. yet another reanimated lucky star opening this time with you know <laughs> with all jojo's Decepticons. bizarre adventure characters 99 <laughs> percent of these comments are basically just www which is their way of saying lol. Yeah. So, 99% of them. But yeah, that's... Nico Nico Doga, apparently, uh, they are now being forced to delete a lot of videos of derived content from their website. This includes material from companies such as Aniplex, Gainax, Gonzo, Satellite, Sunrise, Shueisha, Genko, Ghibli, Tatsunoko, Toy, Tezuka, TMS, Toho, Bandai Visual, Piero, Production IG, Bones... That's a lot. Fortunately, if you try to rip off Gonzo, I don't know if they're going to be in a position to do no. much about it. We have to figure out now where all of the crazy Japanese meme videos are going to go if they're not on Nika Nika Doga anymore. There is a Japanese YouTube. Yeah. So the problem with these maybe. sites is that you have to jump through hoops to get your account to view it from here in America. Yeah. I mean, you can do it. But very much like how certain Japanese sites, if they detect your IP is from the U.S., they don't let you see it. That could be the case for wherever is the next place from Nico Nico Doga if all this content mm. moves over to someplace else. Right now... It'll probably be like Nico Nico in, in the sense that there are a lot of people who take the videos from Nico Nico and repost them onto YouTube. Right. Although, again, you mm -hmm. only get a small sub-selection of the oh, videos sure. that sure. way. But a lot of times you do get at least, like, a lot of the top ones. And it's kind of surprising. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that does get on there. I guess as long as it has at least a small fan base that cares. Like, a lot of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure parody videos get reposted onto YouTube and stuff, so... All you need is one dedicated person. That's yeah. That's all you need. They're even taking down MAD videos, the Japanese term for user-generated content that incorporates pre-existing audio, in images, video, So like AMVs, such. basically. 
I mean, there's yeah. there's some differences, but... There isn't really the same tradition of AMVs in Japanese videos that, that you see in American videos. Like, typically what you see is they animate their own stuff. It spans a pretty wide variety. But yeah, it's kind of a different tone to it than what we have. I don't know how much of the anime vidding scene comes out of the old sci-fi and other media fandoms vidding scene. I assume at least some of it, but I don't know how much. But I don't think a lot of it really came from the Japanese mads. I actually asked someone about that. It's just something sci-fi fandom, just anime fandom, just took it over from sci-fi fandom, yeah. really. So We should talk about Gonzo, since I mentioned Gonzo just now. There's issues going on with Gonzo. Do you want to... Here's the deal. Gonzo, I have long been known for frequently not being that uh, appreciative of what Gonzo's output is. If you've never heard of them, let's say you've never heard of this podcast before until listening to this one, bless your soul. Gonzo Studios, or Gonzo Digimation Holdings, is basically this anime studio that is very, 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 very prolific. They release tons and tons and Mm -hmm. tons of shows. And almost all of these shows, with very few notable exceptions are not very good. They should be good. On paper, they seem like they might be interesting. And maybe even the first few episodes are good. And then they just sort of fall apart. Well, they've been doing this for at least 10 years, probably more, maybe 15 years. I can't remember. They just had a big anniversary very recently. And just came out that their parent company, which is Gonzo... Digimation Holdings, which is a company that basically exists to own Gonzo and two small, almost negligible other things. GDH is not like a giant conglomerate that owns lots of stuff. They are at risk of being delisted on the Japanese stock market. They apparently need to make a whole lot of money. They owe a lot of money because they haven't been making a whole lot of cash lately. And the reason for this, if you ask me, is the suck factor. But the suck factor has been going on for 10 yeah, years. And, and stuff, this is so. no ordinary amount of debt. <laughs> but their shows are back. popular, aren't they? I they always got the impression that, popular, that their shows. Apparently. Apparently. There are people who are, like identify themselves as Gonzo fans. As, but, yeah, uh, so it's I kind of, I mean, so. I don't know. It's kind of surprising to me that they're not doing well because it seems like they have a lot of shows that are. I think that Gonzo is a studio for which a lot of their action-heavy titles are more popular in America than in Japan. Hmm. I don't think Basilisk set the world on fire over there. I think it didn't even catch on that much here. It was like, okay, mildly successful. It's got ninjas in it, but it's not that great. Trinity Blood, okay, that got to be on Cartoon Network, all right. But how many people like Trinity Blood? Not that many. Cosplayers? That's why I said not that many. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think those people bought Trinity Blood in droves. I never saw Trinity Blood on any of the like top-selling anime DVDs for the month or the year or anything like that. I think Gonzo shows, by and large, a lot of people will watch them and not pay money for them. And because of that, they find themselves in this situation where if they don't make basically the equivalent of 80% of the profits that they have made Ever in their lifetime, within the next nine months or something, they're going to be delisted from their stock market, which is not the end of the world. It's not like they're going to go out of business, but it also isn't good. I don't know how they're going to turn this around. Their newest show out now is this thing called Strike Witches. Do you know what this is? It's Lowly's flying around shooting With things. No With no pants Viper. on, and they're also all furries. They've all got their <laughs> animal ears so you're going to review this next week, right, Daryl? No, Darryl? I've uh, leave that to Carl from Augie Maniacs. That's his scheme because he thinks that show is good. But yeah, I don't think this is the kind of show that they're going to make serious bank off of selling it in America. I think I might have been confusing Strike Witches with that thing we were watching, Gerald, that had actual... It was like Ace Combat, but with witches. It was just girls on broomsticks oh, and witch um, costumes fighting against fighter jets. That was pretty fascinating. That was an opening to a hentai game with designs by Tony Tucker. That's right. That's a so, different yeah. thing. Yeah, 
pretty awesome hentai artist. Mm. I can't say I feel sorry for Gonzo at all. I kind of think this is the result of them being caught up with releasing years and years and years worth of mind-numbingly mediocre crap. Maybe if they made more stuff like Gonkutsuo... Yeah, I mean, uh... I like that show. It's a very divisive show, but I do like it. I just think that if they planned out their shows, sat down and said, okay... Beyond the first two episodes? episodes, (laughs) I mean, I understand that the industry in general is like, okay, do the first X many episodes, then wing it. But hey, come on. It's not working. It's resulting in a lot of stuff that fails to live up to expectations. And I think this is the result. I mean, how many people are really going out and buying Red Garden or, you know, whatever. I don't think it's that many I don't people. know if Red Garden's a bad show. It's more like, I don't know if it's a good example, but I mean, like, crap like, I guess, Kitty Grade? Yeah. And such, which kind of is very much their style of stuff. I'm glad to see that the market is somehow karmically correcting for the fact that Gonzo is, like, on a more or less death watch at this point. Yeah. The one thing that Gonzo does very well, and what they originally started doing, and what I think they should stick to doing, is opening to video games. Or TV shows, like the opening to Densha Otoko. I think they do have a very unique visual style. They've got some good talent as far as character designers and stuff go. They just don't have people who can fucking write. Well, that's what I mean, is that if they can produce like a five-minute opening sequence where that doesn't have to have a plot or anything... That's about as much yeah. as I can hope to get from them. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, the Tokyo Stock Exchange, I mean, I'm sure people will say, oh, well, it's not very mature of you to be gleefully circling like vultures waiting for the death of company. Yeah, it is, because fuck these people. You know, <laughs> let them, uh, good luck with securing your 399 million yen to break even. Yeah. Best of luck with that. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if it's really going to happen once you're releasing the line barrel in season two of Rosario Vampire or whatever. The thing is, I don't really feel bad for, like, the higher up people that are the ones that are responsible for making the crappy business decisions or the ones that were responsible for not planning the shows. But I do feel bad for a lot of the regular employees that probably didn't have any say in these shows being bad or whatever. They just were working a job, and now they're not going to have one anymore if yeah, Gonzo but, goes under. Oh, well. But. All I can think of is company releases mediocre mind numbing crap. No one buys it equals company loses money. I, it, it ain't rocket science. Yeah. It just took 10 years for that yeah, to happen. It took a while so. for them to rack up that level of uh, debt. All I can say is I hope B-Train is next. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Uh, no, I, there's been a lot of hate for B-Train lately after they fucked up Subasa pretty badly. There should have been hate for B-Train from the beginning, so... Yeah, and I hope there's more hate for them if Blade of the Immortal, but yeah, I mean, my hate for B-Train goes back to Noir.Hack. I don't know, I thought Dot .Hack was pretty popular. But it's not a good show. <laughs> .Hack is one of the most manufactured, like, franchises I can ever think of. I just, so I just know that it seemed like yeah. it was popular, so I it, don't know It must if I have some really sort of following if they can keep making is. these dot .hack series, like, it's like four of them, and if they can keep making these games, that means somebody is buying it somewhere. That doesn't... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I guess... Have you guys ever met, like, a dot .hack fan? That, someone identifying themselves as a dot .hack fan? No. Yeah. Not, not in person. I mean, okay. I know there are a lot of pedophiles who really liked the one with the little girl... Shooting her uh, fireball, whatever stuff. All I know about is I'd see the credits to that show uh, every time I'd have to watch Cyborg 009 on Cartoon Network at 1.30 in the morning, or my VCR would have like the end credits of Dot Hack yeah. uh, Twilight or whatever, Dusk. Or I mean, whatever I definitely know people who like have played all of the games, and usually, of course, they'll get the anime OEVs that come with the games and stuff, and they'll watch the series to get some of the extra story bits or whatever. But I just remember that Dot .hack was this really awesome idea, and then they did this, like, marketing blitz with it, and nobody was especially interested with it from, right from the beginning. I just want to go back a little bit to, to a little more about Gonzo. Previously, they'd announced other things they'd done with Crunchyroll, like the Tower of Juraga and the uh, Ichiro Itano instant classic Blast Writer, but... One of the things that I'd mentioned previously, one of the top-selling anime DVDs of the year was Afro Samurai. That was theirs. Well, the same guy who came up with Afro Samurai, an American guy, he pitched another potential thing for Gonzo to make called The Five Killers. Maybe you've seen this trailer on the internet. It seemed like it could have been pretty interesting, but that is canceled. That's not going to be made anymore. 
that is not a good sign because that mm. looked like the type of thing that the casual anime fan, the kind of people who'd buy Karis right. and Afro Samurai and that sort of thing, they would go for something like The Five Killers. It's got this look to it. It's definitely this violent thing with a lot of action in it. But according to the creator of The Five Killers, the project is pretty much dead. And in his own words, he said he basically faults the bad management at Gonzo that failed to capitalize on the fan interest they received from the pilot they produced and all that stuff. The guy has tried to buy back the rights to it, and he's offered to pay them like a royalty for any success it gets, and they won't do it. So it's just on permanent hold. There's been buyers here in America that said, oh, if only upper management at Gonzo were cleared out and replaced, we will support you on this show. I hope their stockholders hear that. Yeah, so, so I, I mean... And the Gonzo stockholders, so. That's the kind of thing that's... The Five Killers is potentially a money-making kind of thing that, for whatever reason, whoever's in charge of Gonzo right now doesn't want to pull the trigger on. Hmm. And uh, right now, yeah. they're losing a lot of money, and they need to make a lot of money, but they're still, like, saying, okay, I don't know. So right now, indefinite hold on The Five Killers, but... If some major shakeups happen at Gonzo, and I'm thinking with this financial situation being what it is, something has got to give, maybe that might make a resurgence. That's so stupid, because, I mean, even though I fucking hated Afro Samurai, it sold very well. Yeah. So. You can hate or like it based on what it is, and it's easy to hate yeah. it. But, again, you can't deny that it made to be a big popular thing, and, and it was that. And if the same guy has a, another idea of something that could be a popular thing... You'd probably at least hear him out, right? Or give him a shot. Well, he made you a lot of money to begin right. with, so yeah. I mean, what else are they going to do? You know, oh boy, Blossrider <laughs> again. Have you watched mm. Blossrider? No, and I, I kind of want to watch a few episodes. It's, of... it's not the Ichiro Itano level of bad that I want it to be. Oh, it's just lousy, yeah. bland, like you want to fall asleep you or whatever. You turned down Macross Frontier, animation director for this. Uh, oh. Macross Frontier is making me really mad, too, but oh well, we can talk about that some <laughs> anyway. other time. What doesn't make you mad, Daryl? What doesn't make you mad? Uh, well, You're always well, angry. 13. <laughs> All right, I haven't watched Frontier 13 makes me yet. mad sometimes, too, but... It's the irresponsible Captain Tyler of anime. If you watch it, it's either the most brilliant thing I've ever seen, or it's totally retarded. I don't know what is what at this point. <laughs> You're saying that as if Macross Frontier were the character, were the character of Tyler, just not the show. Tyler. Not the not show, the series, yeah. Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more up and down. Like, they'll have really, really good episodes, and then it's like suddenly they're like, oh, crap, guys. We've been spending too long writing actual good show and not relying on shitty anime cliches. Quick, let's have an episode about panties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the evil, wrong people of the internet, like Caleb Dunaway, post on their blog about how great that episode is. Ugh, that episode was horrible. Well, it showed they had a sense of humor, but yeah. Anyway, I guess because we are talking about Macross, this is a very weird sort of segue to go <laughs> into. But this is something that I really want to talk about because I'm looking forward to this. And this Yoshiki Tanaka. He is the uh, author of Legend of the Galactic Heroes. And Arslan. And Arslan and Shoryuden, Legend of the Dragon King. Two of those are good. He uh, has written a book a while ago called, how to pronounce this, Tiatania? Tiatania? Something Titania. like that. Anyway, this is going to be animated, and what's really neat about this, it's going to be animated by a studio called Artland. We interviewed a guy by the name of Nobu yes. Shiguro. Who heads up this studio. Right. And, uh, Which the, also uh, worked on Macross. That is the official yes. tying things together. Also, who's going to be the designer of the show is a man named Haruhiko Mikimoto. Haruhiko Mikimoto... Some people say that he was the best character designer out of the 1980s. That is wrong. Kenichi Sonoda was the best character designer of the 1980s. Haruhiko Mikimoto is the best character designer who has ever lived in anime. This is scientifically that proven. That's why he has not been allowed to work for yes. ever until this show. He basically was cast out from the heavens and sealed away underneath a container never to be unleashed again. It's like, do not open until there is a crisis, until there is a reckoning. Then re-unleash yeah. Mikimoto upon the world. Uh, he did the character designs for the original Macross, as yeah. well as for the movie. DYRL, he did Orgas. He's done the most recent stuff he's done. He did, like, weird little shows. Like, he did the character designs for the anime version of Life Force, the video game. Yeah, that's also, you know, the greatest, too. <laughs> Very Mr. 80s watercolor kind of guy. Yeah. And so 
when this uh, new anime coming out that's not only being worked on by Ishiguro but also Mikimoto, I think pretty much everybody who likes Macross but thinks Shoji Kawamori is fucking insane may owe yeah. it to themselves to check out this new show because Tanaka is a pretty good writer as far mm-hmm. as doing science fiction stuff. Although it's not really the crazy action-packed stuff. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I would not expect it to be, yeah. Dialogue-heavy. A lot of political intrigue, a lot of characters yeah. Yeah. to keep track of. But it's also very interesting. I know if you want to hear more about this, do listen to our interview with Walter Amos and Rob Fenelon. And just as a side note to mech fans, the mechanical designer is Kazutaka Miyatake. And everyone knows him because he's working on Macross Frontier right now. Yes. And Yeah, he did the original Macross. He did Gunbuster, Orgas. So, yeah. and A lot of people don't give Kazutaka Miyatake the credit he deserves on Macross. A lot of times when they say Macross, mecha designs, a lot of times the only name that comes up is Kaomori. Well, Miyatake did... A lot of other stuff. Like, Kamori did mm-hmm. the Valkyries, but, you know, yeah. this guy did the Destroids and the capital ships and the larger, more military sort of things. I mean, the last right. thing we saw him work on, incidentally, also with Kamori prior to Macross Frontier, was probably the unwatchably bad show called Glass Fleet, which actually had some good mecha design in it. It had this pretty interesting visual motif, but again, Gonzo show. They didn't capitalize on it. Man, the stuff you told me about that show made it sound like the most awesome Could concept it's, it's, it's ever. Fantastic. It looks concept. really good. Yeah, I kind of want to watch really it just to see. It looks really good for about an episode, and even like five seconds into that first episode, there's still glaring animation mistakes. I did give you the entire series, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's very frustrating. Yeah. That like was another one. Like if I didn't hit Gonzo already, that would have been it. But yeah, I really have high hopes for this Titania show. Do you know when it's going to start? The series will run in October on Thursday nights. I don't mean that this is going to be a good show, but it has got a very good batting average. Right, going a pretty for strong it, pedigree. It's got an awesome uh, guys yeah, who've done awesome it pedigree. have been known to do good stuff. So uh, fall yeah. season, it's hopefully not going to be only one group subtitles at like Legend of Galactic Heroes because. I uh, have concerns that the dialogue may be very difficult to translate mm-hmm. compared to whatever else is scheduled for that season. So keep your eyes right. out for it. Yeah, something we're looking forward to. I guess I just have, it's not really important news, but it was just something kind of amusing. I've already posted about it elsewhere. Recently, Daryl reviewed uh, Kaiji by uh, Nobuyuki Fukumoto, who... Uh, does various different gambling manga, yes. Um, one of the other series that Fukumoto did that's very well known is Akagi, which is all about Mahjong. And in the gambling magazine, Kindai Mahjong, which uh, Akagi and a lot of these other Mahjong titles uh, runs in... It's just gambling manga in general, actually. and It's not just a, a yeah. Mahjong anthology. But right. yeah, it's the most popular for the gambling... Yeah. manga crowd and like i said they've been trying to broaden right. their readership or you know audiences of people who like this stuff they've been running a spin-off of akagi which is all about a, a character from akagi it's a, a main antagonist character washizu he's had his own spin-off manga that's been going in there and yes as a part of this effort that daryl was mentioning during his review of trying to branch out and i guess get new people into gambling manga, as well as the fact that this uh, particular group has been doing a lot more seinen works lately. Apparently there's going to be, it looks like a a one-shot, it says it's a Yomikiri story about Washizu connected to this uh, spin-off manga. Clamp is going to be doing this. Now, the reports, both the translated one on Anime News Network and the Japanese sites that I've checked, are not especially clear on whether Clamp is going to be writing this or whether they're just going to be doing the artwork. So it could be a situation like with Code Geass where Clamp is basically just doing the visual part and somebody else is handling all of the writing. Has Clamp ever done just the artwork for a manga? Manga, generally not really to my knowledge they've done some novel illustrations in fact um they did novel mm-hmm. illustrations for Soryuden because they're big uh, Tanaka mm-hmm. fans right but no i mean they did the character designs for Geass 
but mostly with manga, it seems like they've been doing their own stuff. The verb that's used, uh, the Anime News Network English one says that they're going to draw this manga, and uh, all of the Japanese reports that I've seen, they all use the, the verb egaku, which means to draw. So it's a little vague as to whether it's going to mm -hmm. just be artwork. So it might be written by the same guy that's been writing the rest of the Washizu spinoff. I would assume so, just because the concept of guest writer for manga doesn't really seem to be very common. Granted, yeah. the idea of guest artist isn't as common either, but since manga is typically drawn by right. several people, like assistants and the like, it's right. not as outside the realms of the imagination that yeah. different people could be drawing. I mean, it's hard to tell because the guys that are doing the, the Washizu one, it's not Fukumoto. It's right. different people already. And if it is a one-shot story, a Yomikiri, then it could be clamp doing it but yeah it's it's a little vague so it should be interesting i mean clamp have been longtime fans of shonen and seinen works they used to do doujinshi for jojo's bizarre adventure and devil man and they've done all kinds of stuff and lately they've been doing a lot more shonen and seinen manga like holic and subasa and Chobits, but still, definitely, Clamp's visual style is very, very different from both Fukumoto's and the guy that's been doing the Washizu manga. So it's a pretty interesting combination. I'm not sure whose brainchild it was, if it was the editors, or... I know Clamp, I'm pretty sure they're also fans of Akagi. I know that in uh, Holic, they did a, a Mahjong storyline and they've referenced Akagi. I'm looking forward to see this just, just to see what happens with it. I mean, at the very least, even if it's not good, I think it's guaranteed to be bizarre enough that it'll be interesting. I wonder how many right. people who are Clamp fanatics are going to try and, and track down this one, but then of that, how many people might be interested to actually read the rest of the manga that they didn't yeah. do? I don't know. It's very hard to tell. You'd I, imagine I'm that really was like hoping. the point of having them do it, of this promotional right. thing to say, oh, we've got Clamp in. The right. hope is to get these people who wouldn't otherwise be reading your gambling manga anthology to pick it up. But yeah. then the, the challenge then is to see if even a small percentage of them are going to, one, read the rest of the things in the anthology, too, right. or keep reading it or pick it up the next issue even though they aren't doing it. Right. And um, it'd be interesting. I don't know if we'd ever get that information or find out, but yeah, it would be interesting to see if they actually capitalized on that and gained a, at least some new readers that they otherwise wouldn't have had. Yeah, I'd be interested to find out too because I, you know, I know that sometimes like the fans will be like, "Oh, well, I like this artwork, but this other artwork isn't pretty enough or whatever." And there definitely is a big difference. But yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, I hope that it'll do well for them with some of the crossover. I mean, I know that Fukumoto stuff has a a fangirl following, so I don't know how much like a lot of the other clamp people but then again, like I said, given that Clamp's been doing a lot of seinen stuff and shonen stuff lately, it might not be as much of a disparity. That's all the news that I've got? Now we can probably call it a show. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can call this two shows at least. So um, that's, uh, that's all that I've got for the news, and I guess we can get on with the reviews, even though they won't be in this particular episode. So look out for that next week, I guess. Oh, no.